0: There was a man so wise, he jumped into a sandy place and burnt out both his eyes. And when he knew his eyes were gone, he offered no complaint. He summoned up a vision and made himself a saint. Children's Verse from The History of Muhadib. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about it. Whether you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you. My name is Cable Pulse. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Woo! Here we are. Welcome to the final countdown, Evan. (laughs) This is our dramatic finale, a climax, as one might say. This is going to okay. be uh, the end or at least our, our big triumphant moment for a lot of our characters as a lot of conclusions happen. Uh, first of all, though, I want to touch on this quote. Yeah. All right. Can you read it for me again, Evan? Oh, sure. Because it's so good. Um,
1: there was a man so wise he jumped into a sandy place and burnt out both his eyes. And when he knew his eyes were gone... He offered no complaint. He summoned up a vision and made himself a saint.
0: All right. When do you think this was written?
1: Uh, like it seems way later on in history.
0: Right, in maybe a few some distant future, three thousand years from now. Yeah. Where Muhadib is more of a legend. Right. A myth. Yeah. More more story than truth. It's kind of like Jesus loves
1: me, yes I know, for the Bible tells me so. This is the Muad'Dib version, one
0: hundred percent, right? <laughs> or uh, Ring Around the Rosie, talking about the Black Death, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, yeah. I like to think of this. It's yeah, they're they're kids' songs talking about Muad'Dib and what happened, but we really know what happened. how he got himself his eyes were burned he summoned up a vision and made himself a saint we're gonna see that vision falter in this chapter yep which i mean again i've read this a couple times but i was still shocked i was like holy crap he had it all together even his plans within plans didn't work yeah which makes you think about when they talk about time with a capital t and eternity with a capital e yeah Trying to have the last laugh here.
1: Right. I will say, I will just like throw it out there that this quote reminded me of, it might have been like chapter two of the first book where they had the the kid's song about Yui.
0: Mm, Yui,
1: yeah, yeah. Yui, Yui, Yui. A a thousand deaths were not enough for Yui or whatever. Yeah. I don't know that it's relevant, but it made me think about that.
0: Well, that's in the chapter right before this for children's verses in the history of Uhadib. I have yeah. that in, in, in the library. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, so last time on reading Dune, Chani watched the sun rise on Sjejtabar and thought about how Dune was changing and how we're all changing, right? And how the only thing that's permanent is eternity. And then her time had come. The twins were about to have a birthday. And that's when, and then so hate found her, and then hate found out that Bee jazz had a compulsion on him. So we figured that out, which is going to, this is required, and we're going to look every time it pops up here. So our chapter opens with Paul outside the Sietch in the darkness. So some time has passed here, because Johnny was there in the morning, He's there at night. Yeah, I I hope in my like husband's soul here that he was at least with Johnny a little bit during that whole giving birth in labor moments. Um, he's definitely not there when the kids are born. So, which I always thought is kind of a dick move. But can he stand the grief of being there?
1: That's what that's what I was about to say. Like, if it was just like, you know, we're in the, the nice American hospital that we all, like, know and, you know, take for granted. It's like, oh, you weren't in the room, dude? Like, that's messed up. But also, like, he knows that she's going to die. Why would he want to be in that room?
0: You know? To be with her.
1: I he, uh, guess, but like also, she's you he to have to watch her die, which is super sad, you know? He's
0: already watched her die a million times over in oh, his vision. Oh, no. Why, will you, why do you have to say that? <laughs> Just to realize how sad this is <laughs> in this stable. moment. Oh, shoot. Emotional damage. Emotional is ta-
1: damage.
0: <laughs> That's what's happening right now. So, of course, he couldn't see what was happening that night. But his vision told him this place was steeped with memories. Tabar was his first Sietch. This is the place where he and Chani had, well, yeah, that's where they made Little Leto. That's where they had that little interlude of peace. This is where their love grew, um, where she became more than just the girl from the, his dreams. Right. So he was like in flesh, actually to have a conversation with her. She probably scolded him a bunch. You know, love. Um, But he stopped himself mid-thought. Thinking of Chani was too hard in this moment. He couldn't do it. In his visions, Paul saw the changes happening to Arrakis. He saw a cluster of palm trees far down to the right. He saw a black silver line of Quanat carrying water. Through the dunes piled up by the morning storm. All right, Evan. You ready for your English lesson here? Because I had yes. to look this up. You know what a quenot is? Uh, no. Yeah. Neither did I. I had to look this up. Wait, now I'm looking for the word. How do you spell it? Q-A-N-A-T. But it's canot. Ah, yes. Yes. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean? Um, The Wikipedia definition, right? It's a a cannot is a system of transporting water from an aquifer or a well to the surface, usually an underground aqueduct. They're Mm -hmm. constructed a lot in Iran and Iraq and lots of other desert places. And it's like, the system has an advantage of being resistant to natural disasters, such as earthquakes and floods, as well as war. So it's heavily used in, um, arid places, which is, Iran, Asia, North Africa. Historically, all of those places depended on and, um if you wanted to have cities. So he's moving water through the desert. Hmm. Paul thought to himself, water flowing in the desert, which of course made Paul think of his homeworld world of Caladan, and how rich of a treasure it must have been to have flowing water in the desert. An aide came up to Paul, making a small coughing sound, right? So the blind Paul could hear him, because I think it's natural to do. Paul's vision flowed, but he found himself increasingly reluctant to move with it. Because, right, Paul is stuck in a vision, in his post-apocalyptic dream here.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He has to follow it step by step in order to do anything. Pardon, sire, the aide said. The Sambula Treaty needs your signature. Paul snapped. I can read it. And he took the board from the the aide's hands and scrawled Atreides Emperor on it and then thrust it back in the aide's hands. At this point, the aide just took it and ran away because that's scary. (laughs) Paul turned back to, quote unquote, look at the desert. It was vast, dry, arid, with cliffs and narrow places blown out by storms. There were landslides and tiny dunes across the rocks. Paul looked at this place and thought, all it needed was water and love. Which I think is very interesting, since we are doing this back-to-back, I can really see these now, how right. Johnny looked at water as, like, death. Right. And he sees it as life.
1: Right. And it ha- it happens, like, throughout this chapter is, like, the way he's seeing things is like not how Johnny was seeing things at all, which is kind of like, well, at least she's spared the, like having to live with that, that difference between them, you know, like, right. I don't know. They kind of got to go out while they were on top (laughs) relationally, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) I mean, I think, uh, I also think I've said this before. I, I, I view Chani as like the last true Fremen. Yeah, that and makes how sense. She, and how she viewed the world and how she acted and saw and like viewed everything. Um, she saw the desert as clean. Like he and Paul just sees it as it needs water in order to have life. Because mm-hmm. his whole thing is life. Life has to move forward. The message of the desert was that life changed and moved no matter where it was. Life would remain and push forward no matter where it was planted. Which kind of goes against the, Paul's whole thing of wanting to make this a better place. Like, life's just going to take care of it on its own. We yeah. see that the sandworms are life, even though they destroy things. It's just different in how we all see it. Um, but yeah. Paul was in awe of it. He wanted to shout out to the Fremen, if you want something to worship, then worship life, all life. Every last crawling bit of it, we're all in this beauty together. But they wouldn't understand. Paul clenched his fist, trying to halt the vision. He wanted to flee his own mind. His vision was like a beast come to devour him, and he was helpless but to follow before him. Desperately, Paul squeezed his thoughts outward to the stars. All of the infinite stars above him. A man must be half mad to imagine he could rule even a teardrop of that volume. He couldn't begin to imagine the number of subjects his imperium claimed. Subjects worshippers and enemies, more likely. Did they did any of them see beyond their rigid beliefs? Was there no man who escaped the narrow destiny of his prejudices? Not even an emperor could escape. He'd live a take everything life. He tried to create a universe in his own image, but the exultant universe. Oh, I moved my, I clicked something and it moved. Where am I? Oh yeah. But the exultant universe was breaking across him at last with its silent waves. There's more ocean imagery here from from the last chapter. The myth he'd made out of the movements and imaginations, out of moonlight and loves, are prayers older than humanity itself. And of gray cliffs and crimson shadows, laments and rivers of martyrs, where it come to at last. When the waves receded, the shores of time would spread out their clear, emptying, shining with infinite grains of memory and little else. He thought to himself, was this the golden Genesis of man at this moment? him was man moving on a different path? The Gowa had come to decided to join Paul as they look out over the desert together. Paul said, "You've been avoiding me today, Duncan. It's dangerous for you to call me that
1: He's still freaking out. He's still got his handkerchief down <laughs> his forehead."
0: I know. I uh, I came to warn you. I know, Paul said. So then the story of the compulsion from BJS pours out of the Gola, just word vomit. He just says everything. So Paul just asks very calmly, as you should in this moment with someone's going through a mental breakdown. <laughs> just be calm. Do you know the nature of the compulsion? Violence, Hate said. Paul felt himself arriving at a place which he had claimed him from the beginning. So the moment has happened. The moment that's all he's like stuck in his vision, the one that's been pulling him forwards. He's been waiting for this to happen. Yeah. yeah. He stood there suspended. This is just like when the jihad had seized him. It forced him on the path which a terrible gravity of the future would never release him. And now. He stood there again. There will be no violence from Duncan, Paul said. But, sire, tell me what you see. My lord? The desert. How is it tonight? Uh, don't you see it? I don't have eyes, Duncan. (laughs) But I've only my vision, and I wish I didn't have it. I'm dying of prescience. Did you know that, Duncan? Perhaps what you fear won't happen, the said. What? Deny my own oracle? How can I, when I've seen it fulfilled a thousands of times? People call it a power, a gift. It's an affliction. I won't let, it won't let me live my life. And I can't leave anything. My lord, the muttered. Young master, you don't, and then the Goa fell silent. Paul sensed confusion. What did you call me, Duncan? What uh, what uh, mm, uh? For a moment. You know, the, you know the meme that's
1: uh, I think it's from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was like ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh,
0: there it is. That's what Paul just did with with hate. You called me young master. That's what Duncan always called me. Was that a part of your Tleilaxu training? Paul reached out and held the Gola's face in his hands. No. Paul lowered his hands. What then? It came from me. Do you serve two masters? Perhaps. Free yourself from the Gola, Duncan. How? You're human. Do a human thing. Your flesh is human. Duncan's in there. Something is in there. I care not how you do it, Paul said, but you'll do it. You have foreknowledge? Which I feel like everyone with Paul is like, but can you see the future, bro? And it's like, <laughs> no, just do it. Don't wait for me. You don't need the right. certainty. Like, be confident and just do it. <laughs> Anna Van Loon here on, on YouTube said, it's like the Matrix. He's beginning to believe. Yes. He's beginning
1: to believe. I was, I was also thinking about uh, uh, Hook, where the Lost Boys... You're doing boys, it, Peter. Yeah, You're playing. Like, oh, there you are, Peter. And he like, stretches his face.
0: Yeah oh, yeah. oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah. Foreknowledge be damned, Paul turned away. His vision now hurtled him forward. And, but there were gaps in it, and it wasn't a thing to be stopped. Paul held up his hands. Do you hear that? Hear what, my lord? Paul shook his head. Duncan hadn't heard it. Maybe he imagined it. It had been his tribal name called out from the desert, not inside the desert. Uso. so Paul shook his head again. It was mostly sweet, he whispered, and you were the sweetest of all. Duncan is still massively confused here watching Paul and all of this. <laughs> it's the future, Paul said. The Gola is still very confused right. after all this is happening.
1: And he's still having an existential crisis right now.
0: So, In this moment, yes. Right. A Fremen dies when he's too long from the desert. They call it water sickness. Isn't that odd? Paul said. Hate just nods. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very <laughs> odd. Yes. Uh. Paul strained at his memories, trying to recall the sound of Chani breathing beside him in the night. But all he could remember was Chani at breakfast the day before. She'd been restless. Irritable, even. She'd questioned him about why he wore his tattered old jacket. It was a black uniform coat with a red hawk crest. He wore it under his Fremen robes. You're an emperor, she had protested. Paul says, even an emperor has to have his favorite clothing. (laughs) For no reason, he could explain this made Johnny cry. It was the second time in her life when her Fremen inhibitions had been shattered. Now, is this just a lot of hormones happening in this moment? I don't know, but... It's sad that this is the memory that gets brought up. Yeah. It's just life. Now in the darkness, Paul rubbed his own cheeks to feel his own tears rolling down his face. He felt a swelling in his heart, a weight unexplained. They heard it, a loud wailing from inside the depths of the siege. It grew louder and louder. What happened there, Evan? Uh, Johnny
1: died, and he like experienced the moment of her dying. That was all the weird stuff that just happened, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And they were together, but also not together. And this and that's um, yeah. That's sad. Sad day. Sad day. All right. Diana D from YouTube says, "As if she already misses him." Man, oh, why you gotta why you gotta do
1: that though?
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm gonna try not to be waste moisture here, but no <laughs> guarantees. <laughs> it's sad. It's so sad. This the gola turns quickening to see a sudden glare of light coming from a man. It was a Vodican lieutenant. Grief filled his face. Behind him, there were lots of people, all silent, now that they saw Muhadib right there. Chani, the Fremen said, is dead, Paul whispered. I heard her call. That's not the keyword, though. That's not the keyword. That's not it. What's the keyword?
1: What he's about to say next.
0: Okay, cool. He turned... (laughs) Paul turns towards the CH. He knew this place. This moment, he could not hide. In his vision, he saw the entire Fremen mob struck with grief, fear, and anger. And then he said it. The words. She is gone, Paul said. Legola heard the words. They burned in his chest. Everything stung as if on fire. He felt his right hand move toward his knife at his belt. Okay. All right, we're going to go back. If we can remember. Uh When... Paul says the words, "She is gone." What's happening to hate? What's the compulsion?
1: Um, was he supposed to kill Paul, or was he? Yeah. Okay. That
0: at that moment, uh, hate realizes that Paul is a Harkonnen.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. That's the thing we never that that Duncan never knew. That. that we find out after Duncan dies. So in this, you have all of Duncan's rage towards the Harkonnens, and now the young master is a Harkonnen. Mm. So his immediate reaction is to kill him, Yeah, which is the violence here. So the Gola feels his right hand move towards his knife at his belt. His own thinking became strange, disjointed, it was as if a puppet held fast by strings reaching down from the great beyond. He moved to another's commands and desires. Sounds keep squeaking out of his mouth. Hark! Hark! Wow. Think, Definitely pictured
1: a manlier Jason Momoa sound than, than that, but well, we'll I think he's it. like
0: you, you I think he's trying to say Harkonnen here, but it doesn't pop out. Oh, okay. okay. That's, my, that's how I'm reading this that. here. I can see that. A knife came up to strike, but in that very instant, Duncan found his voice. Run, young master, run. Paul stood defiantly. We will not run. We'll move with dignity. We'll do what must be done. With that, the goal was muscles locked. The words rolled through his mind. Do what must be done. It sounded like the old Duke, Paul's grandfather. The words began to unfold in the goal of consciousness, a sensation of living two lives simultaneously spread out through his awareness. Hate, Idaho. Hate, Idaho. He became motionless. Old memories flooded his mind. In the end, the young master needed him. And just like that, it was done. He knew himself as Duncan, Idaho. He remembered everything of hate, but as if it was stored secretly in him. Yeah. And right like that, he shed the Tleilaxu compulsions. Gone.
1: Right. It's like, it's like she's gone was the trigger word for hate, but we will do what must be done was the trigger word for Duncan, Idaho
0: yeah to like release those memories yeah that switch right like oh i've heard this before you sound just like the person who trained me who i loved
1: and paul paul knew this was all about to happen and that's where he was like there's not gonna be any violence but he's like uh dude i there's definitely violence though i'm feeling the violence and you know he, he like the trigger word happens she's gone he starts freaking out and he's going brah, brah, brah. and he says like run young master he's like I'm not gonna run dude you're not gonna do anything you're fine we'll do what must be done and then he like becomes Duncan again
0: Ta-da. it's so crazy it's awesome Paul looked at Duncan stay close to me Duncan I'll need you I'll need to depend on you for many things which is funny because Paul's been calling him Duncan the whole time, so none of this has changed. Right. It's just like, it's like, I see you now, and you're, now you're the person I've always known you to be. Right. You just didn't know it yet, but you were he, always there.
1: And he, okay, Paul knew this moment was going to happen this whole time, like this whole book at least.
0: Right. Even Aaliyah says like everything is like hinged on Duncan. Like, okay. Paul had seen this and knew, and, like, when he was accepted, he was like, oh, this is the, this is the path we have to go on. This is what's going to happen. Okay. Okay. So, Paul says, stay close to me. Duncan says, yes, I am Duncan. Of course you are, Paul says. This is the moment when you came back. We'll go inside now. Let's picture him, like, tapping him on the shoulders.
1: Of course you are. This is what I've been waiting for, dude.
0: Welcome back. You know, like, I, it's like in part one of Dune where like Jason Momoa just, you know, taps Paul on the shoulder. Like, oh, you've been, you've been working out? Put on some yeah, muscle? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's that same moment, just in reverse just like, flipped. Just flipped it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've always been here. See you. Let's go. And he's just like, what? So Idaho falls in, in step behind Paul, just like the old times, but also not.
1: Like the Red, old times. A little, a little more <laughs> ominous and freaky, but yeah.
0: Now free of the Telaxu, he could appreciate what they've given him. The Zen Sunni trading permitted him to overcome the shock of the events and the Mentat accomplishment formed a counterbalance where he could put off all fear. His entire consciousness looked outward from a, a position of infinite wonder. He'd been dead, yet he was alive. Now, can you imagine this moment just for Duncan? Like, it's, you know, you're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're, like, on Kaladin, you got the secret mission to go to Arrakis to meet the Fremen, right? And then, like, shit hits the fan, and you have to, like, save the young master, and so you die in this, like, brilliant sacrifice, and all of a sudden, you're standing next to him on a cliff 12 years later.
1: With like a bunch of new memories, just suddenly, like what thrown
0: in there? It's like a time jump. It is a time jump. You became a time yeah. traveler. Yeah. In that moment, like whoa! Not to mention his eyes look really weird now. <laughs> the Phaedakin approached Paul, saying that the woman Lykna says she must see you. But who's Lykna, like, Evan? Uh, freaking Saitel. Yeah. Right away scumbag thank you paul says and he asked about the birth i spoke to the medics the foot said falling into step with paul they said you have two children both of them alive and sound two paul stumbles catching himself on idaho's arm a boy and a girl i saw them they're good fremen babies paul just whispers how did she die because now he's probably questioning everything wait two My vision only said one. Everything could change now. How did she die? It was the birth, my lord, the Fedaken said. They said her body was drained by the speed of it. I don't understand, but that's what they said. Now, I'm going to need some help here because I don't know the time because we've been doing this so slowly. Um, She got pregnant when she left to to Sietch-Tabar, right? As soon as he got her away from Irulan... Yeah. It was a lot, so like that's, I don't know the oh. time difference here, but it's like gotta be like two, three months. Oh, um, really? It's fast. I just,
1: I just assumed there was, there were time jumps somewhere in us reading and like it was a regular like to term no. pregnancy.
0: this is fast and she's needing spice the whole time. Like oh. obsessing over spice.
1: Yeah, because she said she said like there was that like hunger, like it was going fast. Right. right? She said that at some point. And even I Paul forgot said, about that.
0: Yeah, even Paul said like the baby knows the need for speed here because everything is falling apart. I need this needs to happen now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, Diana D here on YouTube says, "Mom drained by twins." Okay, Padme. <laughs> Just another Star Wars reference there. Well sprinkled in.
1: Reverse reverse reference.
0: And sci-fi. We all steal from each other.
1: We all steal from Dune, apparently.
0: <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> Paul insisted they take him to her. The Fodaken, but the Fi Fodaken said that's where they're going. Which means Paul has lost his sight. Right, right. Okay.
1: Earlier. There was there yeah. was a moment where uh, when when he hears oh, so, right when when Johnny right. dies, where it was the first time up until now that he had been like thrown off by something. He's like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you hear that?" Everything else, right. he was like perfectly aware of every detail of every room that he was of ever in.
0: Face colors, right. Everything,
1: and suddenly he was like, "Wait, wait, wait! What was that? What was that? Did you hear that?" what was going on? And then he's like saying weird stuff. And then that, he slowly from that point on, it starts like devolving from that, like total awareness and like stuff starts catching him off guard. Yeah. Until, you know, ultimately.
0: Right. Well, we have like, he had the stone burner. He saw everything right. stepping in the time. And now, so this will be the game here. When is, when is Paul seeing? And what is he not? Because things are going back and forth. Yeah. Which is now really scary because you really can't see. Uh, Anna Van Loon here says, interesting point. When fetuses are growing in harsh environments or where there's issues, they can develop faster. And that's from the stress hormones. So they call it science fiction, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. What <laughs> would
1: we do without Anna Van Loon?
0: <laughs> uh, the show wouldn't continue. That's, <laughs> Facts. Let's be honest. All right. So, there's two babies. The vision had contained one, yet these moments kind of went as the vision went, so he kind of knows a little bit. It's like fuzzy, right? right. It's was like per- with
1: B-Jazz, where like the moment was the same, just friggin' B-Jazz was there for
0: some reason. Right. Yeah, yeah, But there was someone here who felt grief and anger. Someone. In his own awareness lay the grip of an awful treadmill replaying his old life from memory. So now he's stuck, like, trying to figure this out, trying to remember what's happening. Two babies? Again, he stumbled. Johnny, Johnny. He he thought to himself, there was no other way, my beloved. Believe me, that this death was quicker for you and kinder. They've held our children hostage, displayed you in a cage in slave pits, reviled you with the blame from my death. This way we destroy them and save our children. So again, with the grief, like seeing every possible future and knowing like this is the best, worst decision. Yeah. Um, Seeing all the possible ways she could have died. It's got to. it's got to hurt. It's rough. Yeah. Paul stumbled again. He thought to himself that he that he did this. He should feel guilty. There was a loud noise of confusion that filled the cavern ahead of them. It grew louder, precisely as he remembered it growing louder. Ah, yes, it's the pattern. The pattern's impossible to stop, even with two children. Johnny's dead, he told himself. At some instant in the past, this future had already reached down to him. It shivvied him, which is basically say, it told repeatedly. It nagged him. It lobbied him to do this. It harassed him. It herded him into a chasm whose walls grew narrower and narrower. He could feel them closing in on him. This is the way the vision went. As much as Paul wanted to abandon himself to grief, that was not the way the vision went. Paul asked where Elia was. She's with Johnny's friends. Paul then sensed the mob moving to make passage for Paul. Their silence was deafening. He was blind. He didn't want to see every face in this mob staring and looking at him, but he couldn't. His vision made him impossible. So he can see again, like, there's little gaps here of darkness. Right. Paul felt his soul begging for respite, but still the vision moved him forward. Just a little farther now, he told himself. In front of him, in his visions, he saw black darkness, a black, dark, visionless future. Mm -hmm. There was a place ripped out of the vision by grief and guilt. This is the place where the moon fell.
1: Ah! And we come back to it.
0: The moon! As he walked forward, when he hit that dark spot, he stumbled again. He would have fallen if Duncan hadn't caught him. The Fadaikin said, Here's the place. Watch your step, sire, Idaho said, helping Paul over the entrance lipped into the room where Chani's body was. Where? Where is Chani? Hera's voice answered him. She's right here, Usul. Paul behaved a trembling sigh. He had feared they had already moved her body to the death stills to reclaim her water for the tribe. He couldn't remember how the vision went now. He felt abandoned in his blindness in this moment. Paul asks where the children are. Idaho says they're here too. Harris says, you have beautiful twins, usul a boy and a girl. See? We have them in a crèche. All right, Evan, you know what a crèche is?
1: Um, it's a crib, yeah?
0: Context clues.
1: Yeah. Nice. Well, also... That word exists in Portuguese. It means like daycare. Okay. So I'm like familiar with the word. I understand that it has something to do with babies. And so, like, I had had the weird, weirdly a history with that word before stumbling upon it in this book.
0: I had to look it up, and it's uh in and Google told me it was the it's like a nativity scene where they do in churches, and that's where they put baby Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I thought it's funny that these two children again, we you talked you said earlier with the um Jesus loves me. We're doing yeah. a lot of this like <laughs> this, this uh, messianic imagery here. Right, right even right, right. with the kids. Yeah. Paul thought to himself, Two children. His vision only contained a daughter. Paul moved from Idaho's steady grasp and moved towards a place Hera had spoken. He stumbled into a hard surface, his hands exploring the outside of the crèche. Hera took Paul's arm. She guided his hand into the crash. Paul felt the soft, soft newborn flesh. He felt ribs, breathing. Hera whispered to Paul, That is your son. Then she moved his hands. And this is your daughter. Hera squeezed Paul's hands, whispering. Or he, sh- yeah, she squeezed his hands and she thought, Usul, are you truly blind now? No, oh, no, she said that to him. Usul, are you truly blind now? He knew what she was thinking. The blind must be abandoned to the desert, and the Fremen tribes carried no dead weight. I don't know if that's what she thought. I think she was just worried, but... Right. Uh, he's probably projecting
1: yeah, at a this little point.
0: Bit. <laughs> I don't have any use anymore that I'm actually blind. But Paul <laughs> just ignored the question, and he demanded he be taken to Chani. Hera turned and guided him to the left. Paul felt himself accepting the faith now that the fact now that Chani was dead. He'd taken his place in a universe that he did not want. Every breath he drew bruised his emotions. Two children, he thought. <laughs> he wondered if he committed himself to a future where his vision would never return. That but that didn't seem important. Yeah, who cares? So, yes, my note here is even Paul's plans, but the plans are still working. All-knowing Muhadib, who walked in the future, still got it wrong. Right. And
1: um, just before he said, I should abandon abandon myself to grief, but that was not the way the vision went.
0: He can't do it. So
1: now he's starting to abandon himself to grief, and he's losing the vision because that's not how the vision is supposed to go. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. Right? Good catch. Yeah. Yeah. Where is my brother? Aaliyah rushed up behind Paul. She took his arm from Hera and she hissed into his ear. I must speak to you. So from Aaliyah's vision, right? When she OD'd on Spice. Mm-hmm. She was so scared because, quote-unquote, they seduce him away from love, right? And she wants to stop this because in this future, if Paul is away from love, Paul will destroy himself. So this is her telling him that he must cling to love, which, of course, she's trying to get him to talk to Saitail which would a Saitail want to do.
1: Uh, get him to Golify Chani,
0: which we know from the last chapter. She definitely doesn't want.
1: No, she's not. She would not be a fan.
0: She hissed into his ear. You must. I must speak to you now. It's about Leikna. Paul just said, "I know." In a moment, Elia said, "You don't have a moment, and neither does Chani." Be still, Paul ordered. Chani is dead. Aaliyah tried to protest, but Paul put his hand over her mouth, saying, I order you to be still. (laughs) Aaliyah tried to protest, but eventually she subdued, and he removed his hand. He then said, Describe what you see. Frustration and tears are now just all over Aaliyah. Paul, never mind. He said, <laughs> <laughs> and he and he forced himself to inner stillness. He opened the eyes of his vision to this moment. The darkness now subsided. He saw it. Johnny's body lay there on a pallet with a ring of light around her. Someone had straightened her white robe trying to hide the blood from birth. It didn't matter, though. His vision was transfixed on her face.
1: Right. Okay, so... Brought himself to inner peace. Yeah. Di- stopped allowing grief to take over and he could see it. He could see again. Mm-hmm. He like lined back up with the vision for
0: this moment. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good catch. He turned away. The vision moved with him. She was gone, never to return. Johnny was gone forever. Paul wanted to cry, he wanted to wail, but he couldn't. He wondered if he'd lived as a, too long as a Fremen. Nearby, one of the babies started to cry. And I say my notes here. Almost as a response to Paul not being able to cry. Like, yeah. They'll do it for him. Right. Because these babies are uh, different than most babies. A little bit. A little bit. The sound of the child purr- pulled a curtain on his vision. He was back to darkness. But this time, Paul welcomed the uncertainty. This is another world, Paul thought. Two children. <laughs>
1: he, keeps, <laughs> he keeps saying that like he's just like, wowza, two <laughs> children. What what a bonkers situation <laughs> I find myself in.
0: In uh, later books down the line, uh, one of the main characters is going to say like, all I want to do is be surprised. I'm never by surprised by anything. He goes, I love surprises. I feel <laughs> like this is Paul's like two chill. Wow. What? Who would have thought? What you look at that. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> as he's like trying to not be blind and figure out <laughs> everything as his wife has just died. It's it's there's a lot going on here. This thought came from a lost, oracular trance. A thought just pops up. But no burst of the future came into his consciousness because Paul was rejecting the future. Any and every future that tried to pop into his head, Paul rejected. Mm. Goodbye, my he whispered. Elia's verse was then heard, sharp and demanding. I've brought Leichna. Paul turned to see know, the voice. I know, right? You had one job. Paul turned towards the voice. That's not Lykna, that's a face dancer. Lykna's been dead for some time. Which, come on, Aaliyah, you were there and you you saw the body. You couldn't even figure that out. Right. Aaliyah protested. Just hear what she has to say. Slowly, Paul moved toward his sister's voice. He heard it then. A voice that sounded like Lykna, but without the same control, as if the charade was over but the face dancers still use Lyknum's vocal cords. I am not surprised to find you alive, Atreides. Paul felt himself struck by an odd note of honesty in the voice. Not surprised, Paul said. I am Sightail, a phylaxu of the face dancers, and I would know a thing before we bargain. Is that a Gola I see behind you or Duncan, Idaho? It's Duncan, Idaho, and I will not be bargaining with you, Paul said. <laughs> then Paul asked Duncan hey Duncan would you kill this Tleilaxu if I said so Duncan full of suppressed rage just says, yes Oh yeah, protested you don't know what you're rejecting Sightail then starts his Tlaxu sales pitch I feel like we get that a lot <laughs> sales in this book pitch. Sales, pl- sales pitch or blackmail hmm <laughs> it's a pick flip a coin <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> so it's truly Duncan Idaho of the Atreides we found the lever Goa can regain his past then Sightail starts circling Paul and Duncan just like BJ circled Duncan when he put the compulsion on him do you what do you remember from your past Duncan Idaho says everything wonderful wonderful Sightail just breathed. Paul could hear the face dancer circling them. Paul really wanted a vision right now. The darkness and just frustrated him, and his Bene Gesserit training warned him of the terrifying menace in Sightail's voice. Are these the Atreides' babies? Hera, Paul cried. Get her away from there. Sightail shouted back, Stay where you are, all of you, I warn you. A face dancer can move faster than you suspect. My knife can have both these lives before you touch me. Which Passed I'm sure up. now. Saito has a knife out over the crèche, right near the babies, about to slice them into little pieces. Aaliyah moved to get in position, but then Saito calls her out. Paul told Aaliyah to freeze. Paul then, oh, Aaliyah felt the guilt well up in her. It's all my fault. It's all my fault. Yes, Leah, we've been trying to tell you this. Don't do this. But here we are. Saitel then directed her attention towards Paul. Atreides, shall we bargain now? Behind him, Paul could hear Duncan. There was something trying to come out of him. Words. But Duncan suppressed them. So, Evan, what is Duncan suppressing? Dude, I don't even... Alright, so the compulsion was she said she's gone. And then Duncan's gonna remember that. Uh Paul's a Harkonnen. But the next part of that is when the bargain comes, uh Duncan is supposed to be the spokesperson for the Tleilaxu. Oh remember okay. all that?
1: Okay. So that's still the, still In, in there. him.
0: In him. Okay. But Duncan has now suppressed it. So he like it's in him still, but he's trying to come up, but Duncan stops it.
1: Wow. I
0: missed that completely. That's okay. It's like one sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it moves on. I was like, we had that whole part of that chapter for nothing? No, no. There's, <laughs> it's, it's right there. Which you totally missed the first time you read it. You're like, what's happening here? Sitail didn't lay out the plan, which Duncan was supposed to do. Sitail yeah. has to do it now. The telaxu can give Paul his Chani back, a Golo with full memory. All Paul needs to do is give the word and bring a cryological tank to preserve Chani's fresh, but they must hurry. Paul was thinking about all the possibilities to hear Chani's voice once more, to feel the touch of her skin next to mine. Ah, that is why they gave me Idaho, Paul thought, to let me discover how much the recreation is like the original. Mm. But now full restoration at their price, I'd be a Tlaxu tool forevermore. And Chani, chained to the same fate by a threat to our children, exposed once more by the Quisarot's plotting. Paul asked if the Tlaxu would program Chani in any way. Like, how would they restore her memories? Would they use grief? Maybe they would condition her to kill one of her own children, just like they did with Idaho.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's a lot to deal with. What if it doesn't work? It's a whole other part of grief, right? Yikes! Barbara, Barbara here on uh, YouTube says, "What if I like had my wife resurrected?" Yes, they'd become slaves. Also, yes, it's that's that's the price you got to pay. Saitail said they would use any means necessary to make Johnny Johnny again. Paul then told Leah to bargain with Saitail. Paul lowers his head. For a split second, his vision opened up and he glimpsed, glimpsed something. I'm sure now Aaliyah's like, uh, mm, uh, mm. Paul sees it. It was a vision, but also not a vision. It was the knife, and it was really close to him. Aaliyah starts to ponder, give me a minute to think. Sightail replies, my knife is patient, but Johnny's flesh is not. Pelf felt himself blinking could not be, but it was. He felt eyes. But it was not his vantage point. It was the vantage point of his, one of his children. And he saw Saitel's knife inches away from him. He could see the whole room now from this vantage point. He could see himself, head down, standing quietly, ignored in the corner. Saitel then starts bargaining. To begin, you must assign us all of your chome holdings. All of them? Aaliyah protested. <laughs> Paul watched himself through the eyes of his newborn child. Then he slips his criss knife from the sheath. He measures the distance, the angle. He prepares his body in the Bene Desert Way. He armed his muscles like a cocked spring for a single, concentrated movement. He let the knife fly across the room, piercing Sightail in the right eye. The face Jancer's head jerked back. He was dead before he ever hit the floor. Still, through the eyes of his newborn, Paul watched the faces in the room turn towards his eyeless figure. Everyone was in shock. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Aaliyah rushes over to the crash. They're safe. Idaho leaned to Paul and whispered, Uh, was that part of your vision? Paul said no. Which, I think, fair question. Fair At this point... He just flew a thopter with no eyes. Right. Like this is. That's but then he's question.
1: kind of been blind this whole time that he's been in the room. So like we're all a little confused. And then suddenly he just like throws a knife exactly into Sightail's eyeball. like Bam. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like it says, uh, you know, Idaho's like, was that part of your vision? <laughs> uh, no, says Paul. He waved a hand at Idaho's direction. Let it be. (laughs) I'm not explaining this to you right now. I'm still trying to figure out what the heck is going on. So leave it alone.
0: Aaliyah then rushes over to Paul. Forgive me. When that creature said they could revive. There are some prices an Atreides cannot pay. You know that, Paul said. Aaliyah sighed. I know, but I was tempted. Who was not tempted? Paul asked. Paul then got up and groped his way to the wall, leaning on it, trying to understand what the hell just happened. (laughs) Then a voice appeared in Paul's sightless black vision. My eyes, father. My son, you are aware? Yes, father. Look. (laughs) Yes, father. I
1: require chicken nuggets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bring the nuggies, please. (laughs) Paul Backed against the wall, sagged down to the ground. A spasm of dizziness hit him. Paul felt his own life whip past him. He saw his father. He was his father. And his grandfather. And his grandfather before that. His awareness tumbled through a mind shattering corridor of his whole male line. And the only thing Paul could say was, How? He remembered the awakening of Aaliyah in the womb of Lady Jessica. But there was no water of life ceremony this time. No overdose of melange. Or was there? Paul then remembers Chani's vivacious hunger for spice. Or was it related to genetics? Was this foreseen by the Reverend Mother Gaius Hella Paul then felt himself inside the creche with Aaliyah cooing over him. Her face was huge! (laughs) Aaliyah Turned him, and he said, and he saw his crash companion, a girl, his sister. As he turned, she opened her eyes. Behind those eyes, it was not her sister, his sister. It was Chani staring back at him. And Lady Jessica. He saw the multitude peering out through those eyes. Ah, look at that, Oya said. They're staring at each other. Harris spoke up. Um, babies cannot focus at this age. Olivia just said, I could.
1: And Hera's like, yeah, I remember you, freaky little... <laughs> 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 I was there, dude.
0: <laughs> Slowly, Paul felt himself disengaged from that endless awareness and back in his own body, leaning against the wall in darkness. Oh. He felt Idaho shake his shoulder gently, saying, My lord, Paul said, Let my son be called Leto for my father. Paul then stood up straight and my daughter would her be called Gehema. Hera objected saying how Gehema is an ill-omened name. Paul said how being a Gehema saved Hera's life. Gehema. Yeah, Gehema. Saved Hera's life. Where does it matter if Aliyah made fun of Hera using that name? My daughter, Paul said, is a spoil of war. Because they got an extra baby. You know, yeah. the one you didn't order. Buy one, get one free. (laughs) Paul Paul then heard the wheels behind him. They were taking Chani's body away. The chant of the water rite had begun. Hera said she must leave to be with her friend, to stand with her one last time. Her water belongs to the tribe, Hera said. Paul repeated, her water belongs to the tribe. With that, Hera left. Paul groped outwards till he found Duncan's arm. Take me to my quarters, Duncan. Duncan let his master there. Once inside, once inside the quarters, Paul asked Duncan to leave him alone. But before Duncan could leave, someone appeared in the doorway. Who is it? Friggin' B-Jazz? jazz is back for one last sales pitch.
1: Get the heck out of here, B-Jazz.
0: It's like when you're at a car dealership and you're like, you just want to test drive a car. And you tell the first guy, like, no, I'm just here to test drive. And the second guy, you're like, no, I'm just here to test drive. And then the third guy all of a sudden has you in the office signing paperwork and you don't know how you got there. (laughs) And then you literally have to like force yourself to get up and leave and run as fast as you can through the showroom. Otherwise, you're just going to buy a $60,000 car that you don't have the money for. Exactly. Exactly. That's a true story for me. (laughs) Master, BJS said. Or Master, BJS said. Paul ordered Duncan to kill the dwarf if he comes two steps closer. b looks up at Duncan. Hmm, Duncan, is it? Is it truly Duncan Idaho? It is, Duncan said. I remember. Hmm, then Sightail's plan succeeded. Sightail's dead, Paul said. But I am not, and the plan is not, b said. By the tank I which I grew, it can be done. I shall have my pass, all of them. It needs only the right trigger. "'Trigger,' Paul asked, and then it clicked from Idaho. "'The compulsion to kill you,' Idaho said, his voice still thick with rage, meant at computations. "'They found that I thought of you as a son I never had. Rather than slay you, the true Duncan Idaho would take over the body.' "'But it might have failed. Tell me, Dwarf. If your plan had failed, if I'd kill him, then what?' BJ said, "'Oh, hmm, then we just bargain with the sister to save the brother.' but this bargaining is way better. Paul could hear the sound of mourners moving down the hall towards the water stills. It's not too late, my Lord. We will have your love back. Paul found it much harder to resist now. Yeah. He'd exhausted all of his powers on the first temptation. And all of that was for nothing. The thought of feeling prince's presence once more all Paul could do was speak in the, Atre- in, in the Atreides' battle language. Silence him. With that, Duncan moved towards the door, and BJS squeaked. Paul, still in the Atreides' battle language, said, Do me this favor and kill him before I succumb. BJS screamed, No! <laughs> As Duncan picked him up and killed the dwarf. <laughs> Paul bent his head, listening. There was no sound of mourners. The the ancient Fremen Rite had begun. Paul said to his friend, There was no choice. You understand that. Duncan said, I understand. There are some things no one can bear. I meddled in all possible futures I could create until finally they created me. My lord, you shouldn't, Paul, Paul interrupted him. There are problems in this universe to which there are no answers. Nothing. Nothing can be done. As he spoke, Paul felt his link with the vision shatter. The darkness broke. His mind cowered under the infinite, overwhelming possibilities. His lost vision became like the wind blowing where it willed. There was no more darkness. Only eternity. Dang. Bum, so bum, he, bum. like,
1: lost, lost his hold on... Time. Time. Right. Which he held it for a pretty long time, considering it's time, you know?
0: It's, yeah, this is the moment. He
1: controlled all of time for a a second.
0: Right, he controlled all of it, bring it all to himself for this moment, for these events to happen. Right, right. Right. Which he was still not precise about most of them, some of them. Two children.
1: Right, okay, well, let's go there for a second, because, like, he didn't see one of at least one of those children because they, the, the boy Leto has Mm -hmm. vision. He has the oracular vision, right? So they both do. He's an Oracle. He can't see him Hmm. in the future. Good point. Or maybe it's even like he is himself. Like he is Paul and Leto and the grandfather before that. And so yeah. like, why would he see him when it's oh. like just him himself? That's good. Right? Yeah. And so and now I'm thinking like this kid is like a reverend father. Because oh, he has yeah. all of his fathers before him, right? Uh-huh. And the girl, Ghanima, right? Ghanima, however however we say that. She's got the Reverend Mother thing from because Chani became a Reverend Mother through Jessica, right? Oh yeah, at some yeah. point. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Like Chani is a Reverend Mother now in this book,
0: isn't she? Well, I don't think she's ever had visions, <clears throat> or not that we've recorded that she took the water of life and and became the Reverend okay. Mother. Okay,
1: I thought I thought for some reason. Not that, that... I have.
0: I could be wrong. I there's no vision. I There's thought, no like, of her, you like, know, thinking with back.
1: Jessica leaving in the 12 years at some point, because she was a Sayadina, so she Correct. was going to become a Reverend Mother.
0: Right. So, and Jessica in my in.
1: brain, Jessica then did the Water of Life ceremony with Chani to allow Chani to be the Reverend Mother of Siege Tabar or, I
0: know what, that or would... of whatever.
1: That would make yeah. sense in my brain. So, then, like... Hanima is has like Chani and Jessica and all those generations of women on the on the mother side of the
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So they're just both born with full awareness and reverend parent <laughs> abilities.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely they're pre born, just like Aaliyah was. Gahima has all of the female memories. Leto has all of the male uh memories. All the
1: all the male memories, which is the first time that's happened, right? That's well you have
0: before. you have Paul. Paul can do both. Okay. Um but he like he didn't touch like he wasn't born preborn. So right. he had to like figure it out along the way. Uh whereas Lito too here um definitely has and they can do they can do both. It's just easier to hit as yeah. we move on to the next book and you read children, they they have both in there. They have both male and female. It's just easier to associate with the um gender that you will associate yourself with. So gotcha. if you're a girl, you associate with the women. If you're a man, you associate with the males, especially okay. at that young of an age when they're still forming um yeah. Yeah. But that's the the craziness, the climax of this book.
1: Yeah. And okay, okay. Another thing that I picked up, that line that Paul says at the beginning of this chapter, where he's like, Is this the genesis of man? Like, it's the genesis of a whole other kind of man. It's a whole new type of being human human, like it's a whole new type of human,
0: right? I mean, yeah, they're, um, the Bene Gesserit call that, um, an abomination. Sick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Diana did have a point here on YouTube saying how it was probably Aaliyah that took over the Reverend Mother mantle. Yeah. Um, because she was already a Reverend Mother when she was like, born yeah
1: yeah fair enough
0: just like uh gahima will be gahima and probably, i probably i'm murdering that i need to low listen to the audio <laughs> i'm just so sorry her name won't pop up a lot more um but in children it will so i'm gonna have to get that down yeah you're gonna have to figure that out i'll probably mess it up like i've messed up all the names so far <laughs> um thank you for reading doing with us i know this is a long chapter thank you for everyone for being here hanging out yeah uh i just want to tell everybody to stay spicy uh follow us on twitter hit us up on patreon by merch reading dune.com um and yeah we're gonna see you in the conclusion the conclusion of Dune messiah as we're gonna find out what happens to paul after all of these shenanigans will he find his sight how is he gonna work through his grief Al, he brought, everything came to this climactic moment, and I just want to congratulate Evan of pointing out so many good, juicy points in this. Uh, You've been tracking really great, and you brought, this is fantastic. Cheers to you, my friend. Stay spicy.
1: Peace. Peace.